Hello and welcome. You're listening into The Golden Thread with Astro Phil and Jefferson Duval. Thanks for lending your ears. May your time here plant a seed, build a bridge, soften a landing, deepen your journey within, and strengthen all your relationships. Okay, today is Thursday, April 28th, the time of this recording. And today is a little bit different. Um, In one way, I'm going to be revisiting some of the premise of our first episode, which explored a little bit of how does the I know the self. I'm going to do it in a different way. Part of the reason is because Phil is resting and digesting this week. Hey, Phil. And so I'm in conversation with myself and the the spaces in between the words and sentences that pour out of my voice box and into your kind ears for listening in. So in this truncated or shorter episode, I'm gonna start with a question. How do you know yourself? And then I'm going to move the comma and say, how do you know yourself? What is your golden thread? What's the strand that you come back to in whatever way that spools out or unravels? both a leading and a following. Your golden thread, which runs through every single day and every single moment, like a small red balloon in some children's book hidden within every single page. Uh, There's an important dream I had in my life that I wanna share. Probably one of my most resplendent dreams, I mean, fascinating, and it, took place while I was attending um, a nine-month training at the California School of Herbal Studies outside of Forestville, California in 2006. I had worked out an arrangement where I was living on the land up above the valley there called Emerald Valley, um, where that school has been uh, thriving, maybe quietly in some ways, but thriving for over 44 years, it was founded by Rosemary Gladstar. James Green also was a director, and I think um, I think Rebecca Maxwell, if I get her, I hope I didn't get her name wrong, is the current director. Anyway, I had worked out an agreement where I would build, or at least start the the big part of a build of a straw bale structure on there in the valley, which I hope is still there. I haven't been there in a long time. Uh, in exchange for the the herbalism course, Roots of Herbalism. So in the dream, I was was walking together with the class of students uh, from the herb school through a forest. And we were on what appeared to be some kind of 
a fire road that was kind of grown over with soft grass. And as we were walking, it was sort of like somewhat quiet, pockets of laughter, camaraderie. And um, I got this sudden urge to turn around and look behind us. And uh, so gently and so beautifully, I witnessed this magical procession of beings directly going perpendicular across the fire road. It was obvious that they were following some kind of an older song line or path. The beings, um, they ranged from deer to larger elk with really big sets of antlers, um, walking slowly, steadily with like a deep ease. And then sort of flitting and dancing all around them were um, beings of the fae, sprites zipping and zooming like bees around the larger animals, kind of you know dancing and very playfully. Um, it's as if they were like casting a cloak of luminescence around the procession. At this point, I was in, it was just in awe, kind of frozen in awe. So as I watched them cross, some larger elk-like beings, you know, probably a few feet taller though, nothing unlike anything I'd seen. Uh, but these elk-like beings, they didn't only have massive head antlers. Now they had these giant sweeping, um, arcing down to the ground uh, antlers that came out of their upper spine area, almost like, like, like oak, big oak branches that sweep down towards the ground, um, showing up somewhat like wings. And they were just going slow. Now leading up the rear was a probably six foot eight or so, a very large, um, wearing some kind of a woven skirt, hulk of a woman. She had no hair on her head, she was bald and had this huge bundle of grass-like herbs slung over her shoulder. That caught me off guard, but again, they were all in the same, within the same pacing, going the same place, very assuredly in their travels. And none of them looked at us, um, it's as if they didn't notice, or maybe they just knew it was they who were to be noticed and observed by us. So the moment this large ancient woman took her last step across the trail, the scene instantly shifted and I was sitting across from her in some kind of a study or library. She, she at once embraced something so ancient, but also something very modern. Um, and she, in her hand, in her palm, she had her arm outstretched. And, and in her hand, there appeared to be a crystalline hexagon, right? Flat on the top and on the bottom that seemed to be lit from within this crystalline, um, but it was almost like a box. And I knew somehow just intuitively that it was a spool. 
and at the same time a loom. And protruding, protruding out from that box was what seemed to be a very alive and a luminescent rainbow thread. Somehow with no words, she was showing me my lineage, my line of ages and some kind of a rainbow thread strong enough to build maybe a rainbow bridge on. And so as I reached to take hold of that thread, I woke up. But what a gift. Um, I haven't really given the dream too much. Um, I haven't overworked it with my conscious mind, but um, there was a real treasure to have that experience. I think it was Joseph Campbell, uh, uh, the, the writer on myth, extensive writer on myth and, you know, consummate student of myth and religions said something like, study your dreams, they are your own personal myths. So back to this question, this inquiry of how does the I know the self? I think most people have had an experience of, you know, hearing a multitude, if not just two, you know, voices in the mind talking, going back and forth, or maybe one-sided, but it's definitely a conversation. There's a, there's a version of us that's being talked to by the other side that I think the, the most typical version of this would be what people call the, the inner critic that so often can come and, and lambast and, and be really harsh of something that we did or didn't do or could have done or should have done. And so I want to paint a little picture here that um, while these things tend to just go on in the background and I think that if you were to stop and, and ask most people, most people would say, yeah, sure, I've got an inner critic. Um, if not, you know, other, other voices as well, or other, other narratives. What if we called these um, inner council meetings? And what if the more we become aware and conscious of these meetings, these council meetings that are going on inside, we could then start to build a different kind of relationship with them. What if by giving them more life, more description, you could actually get some distance and some space from them? And so what if these inner council meetings, whether they're, they just got spotty attendance or whether there's a full house there, uh, raucousy and loud, you know, those kinds of meetings where there's facts and evidence and big ideas and 
a judge, a jury, an executioner, um, everybody present. What if the goal was to find an observing seat way up in the nosebleeds where your eyes easily lift to ride with the silence of say a soaring turkey vulture winding up and down the wind spiraling drafts? What if you could both listen in and check out at the same time? Head out to some bright meadow where sunlight's beaming warmth is pulling out a buzzing from the tall grass, dancing different forms of life into the mezzanine of the day. What if? What if we could listen with soul ears through every moment and with inborn closeness be penetrated so that our very existence becomes a soft penetration of evolution. What if sin is only consequences for unaware and inharmonious thoughts, deeds, and actions? Or even undiscovered, unconscious self-betrayal operating as self-hatred until an expanded version shows up to hold it all. What if you're a seed that can be planted over and over again? Somehow both the seed and the hand that plants allowed to grow, weathering cycles, storms, harvested of whatever yield, fruit, and the next seed, and then composted? What if you granted yourself permission to be a part of and within cycles of cycles? To harness the myths that push through the hard soil of the mask mind in your dreams to be title, an unfinished completion. I'll unfinish today's short broadcast with some dream-born wisdom, a koan received by my partner, Anna, from her recently departed cousin, Glenn. In the dream, after becoming aware and, and noting to him in conversation that, that he's dead, she curiously asked, so what's it like? He replied, imagine you're going on a long trip and then divide it by zero. Thanks for listening in. We appreciate your presence as these discussions unfurl. If you found resonance with us today, subscribe to the podcast, rate it, review it. These small tendings help our sapling branch out. We wish you best as you digest, and welcome you to join again if for you 
that feels in tune. <laughs>